Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Carol Tuttle Child Whisperer Show. For the next hour, be prepared to be blown away as Carol shares some amazing tips and how-tos that are guaranteed to revolutionize your parenting experience. Each week, Carol brings her creative, hands-on approach to parenting using the unique model of child whispering, her vast knowledge of natural healing methods, and her passion and drive to help you become the best parent you can be. Carol is the mother of five grown children who all turned out to be pretty amazing people and are now becoming parents of their own, giving Carol the chance to become an even better grandparent. Welcome to today's show. Welcome to the show, the Child Whisper Podcast. I appreciate being with you today. I hope you had a chance to listen in to last week's show where I interviewed a fifth grade teacher, Courtney. I highly recommend that. She shared some beautiful things, and whether you're a teacher or a parent, it will provide insight and understanding in behalf of your children. And that's what we want in the child whispering world. A um, blog post that just went up that I really encourage you to check out is on the childwhisper.com website, 26 resources to help children love and feel loved daily. This is an awesome post. Went up February 11th, in, right before Valentine's Day. How perfect was that? But it has a lot of um, links to other blogs and resources online that are supporting the well-being of parents and children. So check that out, all kinds of great links there that you're going to be able to access and a lot of great bloggers, really great posts. I mean, I haven't even had a chance to look through them all. They're all good. You know, I've looked at them all, but I haven't been able to link on uh, go visit every one of them in detail yet, but I know they're fabulous, so enjoy those to support yourself. And I'm grateful that the Child Whispering um, audience is growing. Thank you for all of you that are participating in this beautiful work and helping your children. Make sure you read the book, The Child Whisper. It is written by me, Carol Tuttle, and it is a best-selling book on Amazon and has tremendous, many, many, many five-star reviews from parents that have put the Child Whispering methods to practice and they're having incredible results and I want to support you with that same experience. So today's topic, how to create cooperation. Well, we do that primarily by an efforting approach. We effort trying to get our meaning. We're trying to do something. We're trying to get our kids to be cooperative. So when we are efforting, um, when we are trying to force it, when we're trying to engage them to be cooperative, Nobody likes to be forced to do anything. I know that's just our human nature at large. No matter what type you are, we're not inclined to want to be forced to do anything. So force does not lend itself to the... They're sort of contrary to each other. Cooperation is an engagement. It's a flow. It's a natural order of... Um, things coming together and working together in unison and harmony. Nature works at a very high level of cooperation 
within the nature kingdom. There's just a, a cooperative under, um, playing out of things. Even in the in the um, the su- supply and demand of food and you know when animals and plants and all things nature, sea life, they all have a cooperative system. It uh, a, a balance within it. And if you want to understand the four types in the nature kingdom, read It's Just My Nature. It's my first book on energy profiling that helps you understand the four elements, which are the four types as they express in nature, which are nitrogen, oxygen, hydrogen, and carbon. And these four elements work in tandem in all things physical. And so we have this cooperative uh, space that we live in. So we live in a cooperative world, meaning just go out into nature and feel the peacefulness there, the harmony, the experience of um, all these elements getting along, basically. But when we don't understand the nature of our children and our own true nature, meaning our human nature, which I explained in the four types of energy profiling, we tend to bump up against each other and cooperation is this, uh, diminished. So my first, my first suggestion, and it's interesting because I just recently read a, a post on this online on a blog. I can't give you the reference. But there's been some studies done about how children are spending less time in nature and more time engaged in you know, screen time and, and things um, that are more mental, and the children, and this has become such a shift in our kind of sociology of a child's experience that the study was focusing on children spending more time in nature and the benefits of that, getting out into the space of nature and how it uh, served and supported a child on all levels. And so my first suggestion is want a more cooperative family, go do something in nature, <laughs> go on a hike, you know, go do something that puts you in a situation to, to support each other in a space that's really renewing. You know, I'm not much of a camper, but we used to take our kids camping. It actually was a single night event. I could, I tended to preference um, being able to go somewhere closer to home, camping overnight and being home by noon the next day, I wasn't into long term, but we did get our kids out in nature a lot. We took them, I took them skiing a lot. Uh, they learned to snowboard at an early age. They flipped from skiing to snowboarding. We live in a very outdoorsy area. Rec- outdoor recreation is a very popular. It's a big reason a lot of people move here. And to this day, my kids spend a lot of time outdoors doing outdoor activities. We have a a boat we spend a lot of time on in the summer. My children cycle and mountain bike. Um, They they tend to spend time outdoors, which I think is great. And it was more of a practice when they were growing up. We didn't have the onslaught of um, screens when they were little. Cell phones started to come into the picture when my kids were in junior high. They didn't even own a cell phone for the most part through high school. 
those started to become really common practice when they were all this is my youngest two graduated in high school in 2006 and so you see we were moving into this era right around then for the last decade it's become kind of common practice and so you have different challenges of today and so make sure you've you're helping your family spend time where the energy of cooperation is at the most heightened expression and so a couple of things I'm going to do today to help you with help create cooperation in your family system, trying to, you know, when you tell a child, you need to cooperate, I don't think they're going to be as inclined to cooperate. That's going to be forced. That's going to be not from their own will and a natural order. They'll line up because you told them, you've got to do that, you know, because it's more fear-based. But it's not creating a cooperative environment. It's forcing cooperation, and ultimately what you want is to experience your family in the energy of cooperation where you're able to be sustained by it. It's like an atmosphere that amongst you that you just feel like, wow, we really get along well here, and there's just a high level of cooperation. Uh, I believe we have that at our workspace. There's a high level of cooperation. We all understand each other's energy types very clearly. We are probably the... Um, exclusively the only workspace on the planet that has a vast understanding of each of the employees' energy types. We have roughly 45 employees. A handful of them work on satellite locations in their own homes. All of our customer support um, pretty much is out of that. Um, that function is, can be served readily in their, from their you know, they're, they're not in our office. They're in their own states, various states. But it's interesting that the, the cooperation is sustaining us. There's an atmosphere of cooperation rather than trying to get everybody to cooperate. So I want you to notice the difference, you know, and evaluate that in your own family system. Are, is cooper, are you trying to force cooperation, to demand it? Um, are you speaking to it in a way that just, uh, making short-term effects, it, they're cooperative in the moment because your child's stressed or they're nervous. Now you've kind of scared them to be cooperative. That's not what you want. It's, a very, it's really not cooperation. That's a forced effort to get a child to do what you want so that you, for the moment, release a sense of resistance and um, there the the feel like you can move forward. Uh, much higher, true cooperation, a high level of harmony is when you feel that you're sustained by it. You're kind of in the atmosphere of it. Things just sort of run, they run smoothly. You, there's not anything you're having to say. It just, there's a flow, ebb and flow to your family system and a cooperative quality where people are, everyone's getting along and, and respecting each other and things come together um, with less effort. And so what my two tips, I'm going to take you through a guided meditation today to help you create that. But the first tip I want to share with you is actually a post that just went up on the Carol blog. So if you go to thecarolblog.com, there's a post called One Simple Energy Technique you can use to improve your relationships today. And 
uh, if you are listening to this kind of post the live show, you can just Google the Carol blog, One Simple Energy Technique You Can Use to Improve Your Relationships Today, and it will come up in the search engine. They teach you what's called a figure eight energy technique. And rather than go into detail on the show today, I'm going to invite you to visit the Carol blog and view this video. I'm with my daughter, Anne, and we teach you this simple figure eight exercise. And I know I've talked about it on the show in the past. I've recommended it to parents that have called in and needed help with getting, uh, shifting the energy between them and a child to be more harmonious. And so you've probably heard me talk about this. So we decided to produce a video where you could see the actual practice of it. It's very, very simple. You might think that something so simple couldn't um, have such vast effects, but it does. It's pretty amazing how a simple technique aligned with your intention and your open heart can create uh, these outcomes. So I'm going to recommend you watch the video and you start to use this technique in the space of your home. We teach it in reference to connecting with other people and other things. But if you were to just start moving figure eights into your space, that is an infinity movement. And I believe nature has has an unseen uh, motion of these these everything you know that it's just the how the energy flows in nature the out the unseen energy and so as we start to affect our own space with these movements it, it takes the energy which can be intense it can be stuck it can be bumping up against itself it starts to get the energy to breathe and flow and sustain us. And you are in energetic space. Your, your home has an energetic imprint. What's the con- energetic condition of your home space? And you could be, it's interesting because you could be out and about, your child could be out and about, they come home and when they meld into this energetic space or this imprint, they're affected by it. So do you have a child that comes home from school and they seem to do fine at school, they get home and they get upset, they get angry, they get whiny, they, you know, what is the mood, the energetic mood of your home? Change the energy of your home. This is a technique that will help you change the energy of your home. I'm just even now, even then you can just even, you can walk around and do it with your hands. Walk around your home and just do this. Put on some really lovely music. What kind of music or sounds are in your home? What kind of noises? Is your home have, is the TV always on? Is there some third, kind of what I call third-party noise playing a lot. Uh, TV's rarely on in my home. I only turn the television on if I'm going to sit down and watch it. I like I like uh, the quietness of my home. I like, it's a noisy world we live in, very intense, noisy world. Uh, 
last week went and saw the movie The Monument Man because I was interested in that story and I thought it was a nice story. And it was interesting, all the previews were very violent, very crash intense. And I turned to my friend and I said, well, testosterone energy is well and alive in this world. We don't have a lot of soft um, sounds in our world. They're very harsh, intense sounds. So bring in soft sounds into your space, soft, soothing sounds. And that will help calm. You might even get a little water feature or something. Because type 2 energy is the sound of flowing water. And it calms us down. It brings a calmness. You can find apps with nature noises and play them. And they create a calming effect. All these things affect the energy of our home. So watch the video. Look, kind of take and evaluate the energetic mood of your home. And what's it creating for you and let's affect change. Let's create something different. And so let's do a little meditation together. This will be a short meditation, but it will be a way for you to start to establish a cooperative energy, a cooperative space of your home. And that will support everyone in being able to show up, being held by this energetic support so that they can cooperate more together. And if you don't know how to do the figure eights, if you're listening to this on the recording po- recorded podcast, you might pause right now and go watch that because I'm actually going to use it in the meditation today. So if that's something you want to get versed in before we go into the meditation, pause the recording of this show and go check that out. Now I'm going to suggest you sit down to do this. And I'm going to suggest that you close your eyes and that you get in a relaxed position, preferably not laying flat on your back so you don't doze off. It does take you being conscious and alert so that you can participate. Because if you doze off, you just don't have, um, you can't, you're dozing off. You're not available to participate. So get in a comfortable place and let's just start noticing our breathing. Take a deep breath in. And exhale through your mouth. Deep breath in. And exhale through your mouth. One more deep breath in. And exhale through your mouth. So to begin, just notice how things have been, the feel feel of your home over the last, let's say, week, five to seven days. What's been the feeling of your home? How have you been feeling in your home? What are you noticing with your children? How are they feeling in your home? About your spouse? What are the sounds of your home? What's kind of language of your home? Do family members talk in a kind, appreciative manner? Has there been yelling, shouting? What's the background noise of your home? Is the TV playing a lot? What's going on in the space of your home? Just sit here and meditate on that. Become aware of it. 
so often we just go day to day. We just keep living and going and we don't pause and take a moment and check in and notice. What's it feeling like? What's it sounding like? What about the smells of your home? What should it smell like in your home? Are there pleasant smells? Are there smells of, of certain foods? Now notice what's the physical touch of your home. What's the space like? Is it clean and tidy? Or is there a lot of stuff out and about? Are there messes? Are there th- just a lot of things all over? Piles and clutter and... Just notice how that makes you feel. How that affects the at- energetic atmosphere of your home. All of this is affecting the level of cooperation of everyone that lives in this space. The sounds, the smells, the actual physical space itself, the touch of it. The feelings of your home. Now imagine if you could change what your current energetic atmosphere is to one that's more pleasant, how would you feel? Do you feel more at peace? More comfortable? A space that you really enjoy being in? What would it smell like? Think of any smell that feels supportive to you. And imagine your home smells that way. Now imagine if your home, the space was how you wanted it, imagine it all cleaned up. You were able to get rid of things. Things are put away. Imagine your home how you'd like it to be, how you'd like to see it how you like to move around in it, free of any of that interference. What sounds would you like to have in your home? Maybe you'd like silence. Maybe you'd like to be quieter. Bring that all to mind. And now sit here and meditate on that. To your eyes closed, that is your home. Imagine that this is the space of your home that supports your family. And now imagine if this were the case, how would your family be getting along? Because their space supports more cooperation. Imagine your whole family in your home Engaging with each other cooperatively.
Imagine doing those figure eights between everyone in the family. Those are running between everyone in the family, between every person, everyone connecting, cooperating. Fill your home with these figure eights. It's like they're just falling into your home like it's raining figure eights. Beautiful, beautiful colors. Now imagine a recent experience where things weren't so cooperative. Maybe it was with you and your children, you and a spouse. Just bring any situation to mind where it lack, you wish you wish it turned out different. You would like it to have a more cooperative experience. Just bring that to mind. And imagine you could step in. It's kind of like a scene in a movie. And you're able to step in and redirect it. You're going to be the director and you're going to say, you're going to hand out a new script to everyone in the family. And on top of this script it says, cooperation script. And in it, our instructions and guidelines for what to say, how to behave, how to now play out their roles within the family system in a cooperative way. So your whole family's there, and you hand out this, you stop the scene, and you said, cut, cut, cut. Okay, we're going to um, rewrite this scene, and this is, we're going to take away the old script of, Conflict, disharmony, lack of cooperation, discontent, stress. Everybody, imagine even a little, um, a little container, like a metal garbage can, and it has a little fire in it. And everybody throws in the old scripts, throws them all in, and you're the director of this play, and you say, all right, we're going to hand out new scripts. This is the cooperation script, and you hand it to everybody in the family, even the little ones if you have them, and they somehow just intuitively know what it says. And everybody reads through their scripts and says, okay, we can do this. This is great. Let's do the cooperation script. Let's, let's play this out, see how it is. Let's experience this. And so everybody has their new script, and everyone starts to play off their new script. And everyone's getting along, and there's cooperation, and you know how to speak to your children in a way that honors their nature, and it enrolls, engages them in a way that they want to cooperate. It's just amazing how cooperative everyone is. They have this new script, and it's playing out so beautifully. And when there's stress points or things that come up, you know how to move it into a cooperative space, and you're inspired with the things you say. Your spouse is wanting to be cooperative and show interest in the things that you're learning about. The family's open and interested. Everyone's just getting along. And it's quite amazing. And any time that you move into your old script and you forget, you can pause, just close your eyes, and imagine the old scripts are being burned, and everybody's on the new script. And even in the moment of your experience, you can do this. And you're going to see the energy shift. Then call on your family's angels. You think the God that you worship and understand that 
God is there for you and your family. God loves you and your family. And God sends his angels to support your family. And so you have all this, these loving beings that are helping everyone, aiding everyone, blessing the space of your home. You're grateful that things are now playing out. In fact, you have to get used to it. You're not quite used to things being so wonderful. You, you've gotten so used to having it be a challenge. You learn to talk about your family different. People ask you, so how's your family? And you say, they're really good. We get along so well. I just really love my family. It's really quite amazing. People ask you about a child, and that child you used to say a lot of stressful things, and a lot of you're changing the story now, and you say, oh, so-and-so, my, my son, he's doing just great. He's just having the perfect experience for him, and we're learning a lot, getting along so well. It's really a lovely experience that we're having. And you just learn to talk about, so anytime you talk about your family, you're now playing, you're going to be talking about how well it's all going rather than how challenging it's been. Because you know whatever you talk about, whatever you focus on, you're creating more of that. So you catch yourself and you re if you, if you tend to do what the what you used to do, that old habit of how focusing on what you don't want and what's not working, you're able to switch that into a different conversation. And you just now sit here and meditate for as long as you need to. You can pause the recording just to bask in the really supportive cooperative energy that you've created in your home. And as you continue to practice these techniques, you support your family in these wonderful experiences and providing for them the support that they're all desirable, that's desiring to, of them, that's desirable to them. So take as much time as you need and then when you're ready, you can come come back to the recording. And just take a deep breath. Wiggle your toes. Notice your whole body sitting in the space that it's in. And then just go ahead and open your eyes. And just notice how you feel. And that, you know, this can be done. I'd recommend you do this once a week to reset your energetic space and to seed your family system with this energy of cooperation. And then pieces of it are when your things start to play out on a more stressful level, you can take several of the, there are several of those techniques that I use during the meditation that you could use independently in the moment to shift the energy. Because you can shift energy in the very moment it's starting to play out in a certain way. And enjoy this. I've given you some great tools in the last month and a half with previously uh, the other shows that I've done, the affirmations to become a better parent. I um, really encourage you to listen to that. It's very supportive. It's complementary to what we just did today. And then guided visualization to create your perfect day. That's another great one. And then with today's, the minute, the want cooperative children 
use this guided meditation. Those three are really powerful tools. The more we can work with our energy, the more we see a shift in our experience on the physical. Everything is first influenced energetically, then secondarily physically. So I'd love to hear any of your success stories using these tools. That would be really fun to hear today. And so I'm going to open the show up for any live calls. You can um, 347-677-1963. If you have a question, I'd love to hear from you or a success story. That would be great as well. I don't have any um, email questions today. I don't think I do. Let me double check on that. I think I was all caught up. Maybe not. Maybe I've got one here. No, I think I answered them all. So anyway, we'll see if I have any live callers. I'll go as long as there are any live callers. If there are not today, we'll wrap up the show a little early. Love to hear a success story as well. So I'll give you a few I'll give you a few more seconds. You have to press number one when you call into the show. Um, couple announcements. I've got some meet and greets that are coming up. I'll be in Washington DC for some business activities, and I'm doing a meet and greet there on Thursday. Let me look at my dates for sure. I'll be there Thursday. Uh, next week. So it's going to be February 27th. I'll be at the in Alexandria, Virginia at the Residence Inn give you that information. I will be from, we said it was 7 to 8 p.m. at the Residence Inn in Alexandria, Virginia, that uh, I'll be doing a meet and greet. So I'd love to meet you if you're in the area. And then I'll be in, my next one after that, I'll be in Las Vegas. Actually, that will also be, I tend to stay at a lot of Marriott's because we're Marriott Rewards members. But the one in Washington, D.C. is uh, Residence in Alexandria, Old Town South, 2345 Mill Road, Alexandria, Virginia. And I'll be there Thursday, February 27th at the uh, Residence Inn. And then on March... I'm doing another meet and greet at the Marriott Resort and Spa, JW Marriott. It is 221 North Rampart Boulevard, Las Vegas, Nevada. It's in the Summerlin area. And I think I've got that one at the same time at, from 7 to 8 p.m. that night. And then after that... I'm going to be in New York City March 29th, and I'll be doing a meet and greet from, I think this one's earlier in the day, from 4 to 5, four to, no, 3 to 4.30, and that's also going to be at the Residence Inn, 
I'll give you that one. That will be hosted at the residency in Manhattan Midtown East, which is 148 East 48th Street. If you go to the DressingYourTruth.com website and click on Store and Salon, you'll see an Events tab as you click to that page. You'll, all these are listed with all the specific dates and times. And then after that, I'm going to be, um, my husband and I are going on a trip um, for to celebrate our, what anniversary is this? Let's see, it's our 34th anniversary. We're going to be spending a few nights in Tahiti, and then we're flying for a couple nights into um, Auckland, New Zealand, and then we'll be heading to Sydney, Australia for a couple nights. This is all just a trip for fun. But I will be doing some meet and greets, and I will be doing a meet and greet in Auckland and also in Sydney. And so I know the... <laughs> Look for it. Those dates are, go to the events page because I know I've posted them there, but I'm pretty sure the one in Auckland is May 7th. And the one in Sydney, I think, is May, no, 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 I'm getting that wrong. I'm a week ahead of myself. Auckland, New Zealand will be May 14th. And Sydney, I think, is May 17th. So go to that events page, and I'll update you on that. I'll have the specific show, but I just wanted to give you a heads up because we're a couple months out on that, and if you are a, a fan and you live in that part of the world, it would be great to meet you. So look forward to those great meet and greets that are coming up. Do you have a live caller? 801, you're live on the show. Hi, Carol. This is Amy. How are you doing Hi. today? Good. 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 I'm doing okay. Hey, um, well, originally my question was going to be about my type 3, 4 son who has been butting heads with me a lot, and I think the meditation today will really help. So I appreciate that. I'm very grateful for that. But um, I have a second question, if you don't mind, and um, mm-hmm. it's about my daughter who is five. And I am having a really hard time um, determining her primary energy type. She originally, I thought she was a one-two, and then I changed to a three-three-two, and now I'm wondering if she's like maybe a one-four. And I was just wondering if you could maybe guide me a little bit on how to figure out her energy type. Um, I've done the child whisper many, many times, and I'm very active in the energy profiling community, and I'm just dumped on this child. So you've watched all the videos on the child whisper blog. Many, many times, many times. <laughs> okay. And have you watched the ones? Um, I did one. It's been over a year. It's in the blogs. Um, it's how to know if your child is. The first consideration is, is your child a higher movement or a lower movement, you know? Oh, she's a very high movement. Okay, so she's a type 1 or a type 3. Yeah. Unless yeah I'm thinking either a 1 or a 3. What I'm type sorry. are you? I'm a two, what? so I'm questioning okay. myself a lot. <laughs> okay. So then I made a video that said, I have two videos. One is, how do you know the difference between, if your child's a high movement, how do you know the difference between a type one and a type three? Have you watched that? I have. Okay. And I, and I, wor- so, I wonder if she is a type three. 
um, in that she, her favorite thing right now, right now is to pretend she's a tiger, and she's very um, violent in her affection. <laughs> she likes to hug really, really hard, and um, she's... Well, that all feels like a push movement then. Yes, yeah, yeah. See, the but difference is a light bouncing movement. Yeah, there's the difference is kind of a light, flittering, bouncing, airy movement versus a push, determine, more intense movement. Yeah, but then she's also oh. very naturally elegant in her walk, and she holds herself very straight in her bearing and is not very forceful in anything else. I have a type 3, 4 son who is extraordinarily type 3. <laughs> I always know where he is because of the stomp, 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 and she doesn't have that. She's very light on her feet, and I'm just so confused about this child. I suppose I should just take it a step back and just observe her a little bit more, but I didn't know if there was anything. Yeah, maybe you're nervous you don't want so many type 2 children. I'm pregnant right now, and I'm pretty sure this baby's a type 2, for which I'm very grateful. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, yeah, there that has its preference, you know, not to say that, but I understand, because having a calming child can be a great benefit when you have a few others. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know. Ten, what you're ten saying, um, that push forward, it's hard to mimic that, you know. If that's in the mix, that's just yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> will, will a secondary energy, like a type 2, calm her enough that she's not oh, yeah, for sure. quite as forceful as my 3-4? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, type three okay. is the secondary fours, or type four is the secondary three. So that, that's what I call the powerhouse combination. Yes. Oh, it yes. just really makes a strong presence in a human being, you know, where yes, anytime you have the type two, it quiets it down a bit, you know. It just adds a softening effect. Because she does love to cuddle, and she loves all things soft and all things comfortable, but she's also very high yeah. movement. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, I Why think that's a good question. Anytime a parent starts telling me their child is giving you signs, they're oh. acting like a tiger, I think, you know, she's saying, okay, this is who I am. No, she you really know. believes she's a tiger. She, that she tells me all the time, when I was a cub, blah, 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 and you found me in the jungle, and I mean, she's got a very active imagination that she's a tiger, and so she's, yeah, she's definitely. <laughs> I'd say there's something to that. Roar is her favorite song. <laughs> Kids that have taught, you've read, you know, my son-in-law. He had little shoes when he was a kid that had a tiger paw on the bottom of the sole, and he loved those shoes. Cause see, it was a reference. The reason children are making these references, they're finding a sense of validation in it. Yes. You know, a child is yes. creating um, these imagine, imaginary um, associations because they feel connected to it. It's like I relate, they relate to it. It's relatable. Yes. So yes. I would say she's a type 3. Go buy her a nice little leopard print something and see how she looks. Oh, you know? she has... <laughs> She has many tiger stripes and leopard print clothing that she How's loves. How's she looking it? She she looks good. She gravitates like when I take her shopping, she always wants to wear type four colors. But I think that's mm-hmm. because that's kind of what's out there right now for little girls, a lot of neon yeah. colors and bright bold colors. Yeah. But she she loves a little velour jacket that I bought her the other day that's a cheetah print and wears mm-hmm. it all the time. 
So, yeah. And in fact, yeah, I say those are indicators for sure. These yeah. are all natural. Our children, like I say in the child list, where your children are telling you who they are every day. It's just you you haven't had the information to read the signals, you know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'd go with the type type one too. (laughs) I kind of, I, I kind of need to stop questioning myself on that and just kind of keep her type three. Because she does have very exotic eyes, but she's very blended with the rest of her features. She doesn't have a lot of them. Yeah. um, How old? She's five. Yeah. Yeah. I went to, uh, Anne invited me to go to Kate. She takes Katie to a um, little gym, the little gym for a little hour class, 45-minute class. And we went on Saturday morning, and it was about eight or nine little girls that were all around two and three years old. Every one of them was a type three. It was hilarious. I'm like, oh, these parents are all here because they've got to get out these kids out, you know. But they all had those eyes. They had those really dynamic um, angles in their eyes, every one of them. Yeah. And a lot of them had softer features, too, because Ann mentioned it to me. She said, I think every little girl here is a type 3. And I'd yeah. seen a lot of, you know, I was looking at their cheeks, and I looked, every one of them did have those eyes. And the other little um, characteristic that type 3s have is their nose has a, it's a little more substantial and fleshy on the tip. Uh-huh. So you can just tell it's going to be a more substantial nose, and it just has the early signs of that in their um, early years. Her nose that's has another a, little indicator. It's got a very straight nose with a slightly downward tilt to it. It's a very classic-looking nose she gets from her Dutch side of the family, I believe. But, mm-hmm. it, but her, she looks a lot like her great-grandmother who... Eventually, yeah. develop that more substantial nose. Is that to tease my yeah. about? Well, what what type twos do when they see animal? Has she'll de- she has to catch herself because you'll start to zero in on these details and mm-hmm. then kind of isolate the details. And I'd say, Anne, you've got to experience it as like a, a there all the details together. Keep it, you know, don't single out these details that you're now thinking that's what's defining them, I experience it as a whole expression of a person. You know, I take in a lot at once. And what's right. the overall kind of feel and look of this person rather than, well, there's this detail and there's this detail and there's this detail. <laughs> I think that's what you're doing with her. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> so, well, I, I really that, appreciate that, it. Just, yeah. It helps. <laughs> good, yeah. I'm glad you called in. Thank you, Carol. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for calling in. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Yeah, children are telling you every day who they are, and I don't think those are accidental occurrences. Or, oh, that was coincidental. My child thinks they're a tiger. You know, those are all relatable connections that a child is, on some level saying, I relate to this because I'm relating to me. It feels validating to me and who I am. So it's fun to hear those stories about kids. I appreciate parents that share those stories. A caller from 208, you're live on the show. Hi, Carol. Hi. Hi, my name's Ashley. Hi, Ashley. 
Hey, I have a question today about um, my type 4 son. Um, sorry, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> oh, you're fine. My type, 4, my type 4 son, he is 5 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I guess he's kind of, he acts kind of babyish. Um, he, when he has to practice, when he needs to practice piano and things, he'll get up there and he'll say, oh, I can't do it, Mom. I can't do it. You need to help me. Anyway, mm-hmm. he needs, it seems like he needs a lot of my support and things. And he's also on a soccer team last fall. And he, if I, I, my sister and I were the coaches. And mm-hmm. the first two or three games, <laughs> him and his little brother, that's three, was also on the team. Um, and we were out there kind of helping the kids um, get to the ball. And he, they would both just lay on the ground and cry or just kind of <laughs> act really. Mm-hmm. What type anyway, are they you? would need to be right next to me. I'm a four. Okay. I'm curious why... Um, yeah, I don't know how many things you've got going on, but for such young children, why they're involved in these um, extracurricular activities so young? Is it because um, you have that interest? Is it something you want to be doing? Or no, I mean, well, because the they're soccer- only three and five, right? Right, and we didn't. We did, he just barely started piano a couple of months ago, so he wasn't doing them both at the same time. Um, we usually try to only have one thing going on at a time. Did he want to start piano, or did you just decide it was time for him to start piano? Um, well, I, I had talked to him about it um, a little bit. I just thought he would be really good at that. He would kind of excel at that. I knew yeah. when I was, because we're both type fours, I knew when I was little, I, I always wished my mom would have been a little bit more consistent with me. She was a type one. And so I'm like, yeah. well, see how how he does, and he's really good at it. Um, but what when kind it comes of math are you doing? Are you doing Suzuki or just like regular piano lessons? Like how long? How long are his piano lessons? They're thirty minutes once a week. Yeah, see, for um, a five-year-old, in my opinion, I don't care what type they are. That's a lot. It just seems it's too good? big for him. The way it's happening, it's bigger than him. It's too yeah. meaning it. Uh, it what's what's being required, what he's been now and what he's involved in is a bigger experience than he's ready for. You know, fifteen right. minute piano lessons, um, ten minute practice periods. See what I'm saying? He's five years old. Right. I think the scale yeah. is off. It feels like the scale okay. is off. What's appropriate for a five year old? What he's being asked to do is, it's like sending him to fifth grade. And saying, well, <laughs> you should be able to do it. Come on, you know. Right. He's five. So what's an appropriate experience with the piano for a five-year-old? And I think so. Don't don't reject the whole idea that maybe it's not the right teacher. Maybe it's not the right. It just feels the scale doesn't fit him. And what? Right. And I don't want to. I don't want to push him in. there. I don't. I don't want him to no, not no. like so it. No, no. So what can you do to modify it? You know. I'm, I know Suzuki's a great for early music learning. You know, that's specifically designed to teach at younger ages. Um, right, his teacher said that last time. Like, he might be really good at Suzuki because he can Yeah, I just think you need to do a different approach, make it 
appropriate for where he's at in life because it feels it's what you're doing is bigger than he can connect with. And that will be a, a negative experience then, which could turn him off, and you don't want to do that. Right, I don't want so that. Just, you've got to modify it, you know, what what would be a better, um, what would be more supportive for the age he is. And again, maybe they, maybe, you know, you're an eager parent. You want him to do things. And again, you made a really interesting comment. I wished my mother, anytime there's this kind of lingering I wish my mother had given me more consistent experience as an opportunity to develop some talents by, you know, putting me in more structured, um, you know, things that would have allowed me to develop talents. How much of that is affecting your decisions for your kids? You always want to kind of evaluate from that and say, all right, let's peel that off my children and say, okay, in moderation here, what can I help my children with? It's a balanced approach rather than any... We tend to play out some extremes when we're making up the difference from our own childhood. Right. And again, the things that you originally think of, step back and go, all right, is this really, you know, are there... Look at the options so you make choices that are appropriate for your children's ages. So it's progressive for them, and they learn to love what they're doing because a lot of kids will resist and learn to hate the things they do because it wasn't managed. Um, The variables weren't looked at. You know, they were required to do things that they weren't ready to do. They didn't feel they chose it themselves, you know, a lot of stuff like that. Right. I definitely don't want to do that. Because when, well, when, when the teacher is here and teaching him, he is happy and he is, like, he does fine with her, but as soon as I step in, he, like, ha- like doesn't want to do it. Whatever. So I'm like, okay. So I'm like, I, I only, I tell him he can practice shorter amounts of time or I have maybe my husband help him out. But same thing with that soccer game. There was one game I, I'm expecting our third child and, I wasn't feeling well, so I had one of the other parents coach, help coach mm-hmm. out there. And he did amazing without me. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. Why do you need to practice what I... I'm not on there. Did you hear the meditation today and the figure eight technique? I, I didn't. No, I, I got in late. I was running some errands. Okay, well, so listen to the recording. Listen okay. to the recording, and then that'll help you as well because you've just got some... Um, I do think you need to tweak some things. It does feel like things are not, he's feeling a little bit like he's rec- he, you're making him do things, and the only place he's showing resistance is with you because there's some sort of unspoken, subconscious thing he's feeling like you make you make me do all this stuff, you know. Right, you that's what I want to, that's, that's what I know. Well. I know it's me. I need to figure. I know, well, you got to tweak it so what he's doing feels like he wants to do it and it feels like something he can do he's a type four you know how it is you don't want to take on things you can't master pretty readily and feel yeah you know that's exactly you're what not is drawn to that because you're like i can't yeah. succeed at this i'm failing <laughs> yeah that's not rewarding and then right. listen to today's call the early part and implement the uh, methods i taught and that will create some more cooperative energy between the two of you Okay. Great. Okay. Thanks for calling in. Okay. Thank you, Carol. Let's see.
much time we got left here. I've got one more caller. You've got to be quick, though, because I've only got four minutes left in the show. I've got 435. You're live on the show. Hi, Carol. This is Shelley. Hi. I'm a type 2. Hi. Hi. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Um, the issue that I'm having in my home is between my type 3 and husband and type 3 17-year-old daughter. And it's like watching two rams butt heads. <laughs> do <laughs> no, they know they're, they're type threes, and do they know about energy profiling? They do, but being type three, they're not. They're not as detailed into it as I am. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just want to know. Um, you know, I listened to today's meditation and the figure eights, and how can I help them? Um, a hands-off approach, meaning do okay. these energy methods, um, do especially that new script thing I showed, I taught you today in the meditation. But they're too, they're too, she's too old, and he's an adult for you to start. It'll feel like meddling to them. Um, right. Take care of yourself. Don't be a part of their crashing energies. Let them okay. create that. Maybe though, um, ask that they not do it in places that everyone else has to be a party to it. You know, uh, let them referee. get worn out by it. Let them get, you know, in a manner, allow it, but work with the energy in an unseen, unspoken way. And because okay. you're trying to force something, and your nature doesn't affect, they won't respond to you because you don't have the energy to even, they won't listen, they won't give you much credibility because their energies are reacting to each other and you're going to wear yourself out trying to get them to be more calm. Let them wear them, let them get tired of it, honestly. Let them decide they want something different too and get more teachable that way. (laughs) I I could help you guys, but you're going to have to ask me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> Let me know if you want some help with that. <laughs> I'm here uh, for now. Take that to another room. <laughs> or go outside, please. We don't all want to hear it. That's what I'm yeah, saying. That would be so. to me. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks for calling in. Thank you so much. Well, thanks, everyone, for tuning in today. Next week, the show will be... Um, my upcoming show for next week, How to Create Stronger Bonds with Your Adult Children. And I think these figure eights are going to, we're going to use them every week because at least in relationship scenarios, that will make a difference right away with your, with your kids, no matter their ages, even in the womb. It's so wonderful. Thanks for calling in today and thanks for listening to today's show. And I look forward to meeting you at a meet and greet if you're in the, any of those areas I've mentioned. And again, go to that events page. Uh, dressingyourtruth.com, you click on the store and salon, the page will pop up, you'll see an events tab, and you can click on that for more information. All right, thanks everyone. I'll talk to you next week. For more information on Carol's revolutionary Child Whisperer Parenting System, go to www.carolwhisperer.com.
www.thechildwhisperer.com where you can learn more about purchasing her groundbreaking parenting book, The Child Whisperer. That's www.thechildwhisperer.com. To submit questions to Carol Tuttle's Child Whisperer show, email your questions to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. That's parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Thank you for being a part of today's show. 